Let's stand together. Let's worship Him. To the King of glory and light, all praises to the only giver of life, our maker. The gates are open wide, we worship you. Come see what love has done, amazing. He bought us with his blood, our Savior. The cross has overcome, we worship you. Shout Hosanna. Shout Hosanna, Jesus he saved. Shout Hosanna, he rose from the grave. Come and lift him up, Hosanna. Hold him down, he's risen, so let the saints cry out, we worship you. Everybody sing that chorus with us. Shout, Hosanna, Jesus he saved. Shout, Hosanna, he rose from the grave. Come and lift him up, Hosanna. Oh 
what he did for us on Calvary. Redeemer ever worthy. Oh, let 
Listen to what God's Word says. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are more than overcomers because of our Savior Jesus. Can you say amen to that? That song gives a foundation to the, that word gives foundation to the song that we just shared together, I Belong. We belong to Him and He knows how to take care of what belongs to Him, Amen. Wow, that was weak. Do you believe it? He knows how to take care of us. Amen? All right. When I ask for amen, that's what I'm looking for right there. Bless you. Glad you're here this morning. A very special day. Uh, today we have the opportunity to gather around uh, Philip Beecham, our youth pastor, um, as he is ordained as a Church of God minister. And uh, we're so proud of him for making that uh, achievement for giving himself to the, uh, the rigors of, of what's involved to, to stay the course and receive that uh, recognition. And so his family's gathered here. I'm going to ask all the family, if you would, to stand up. We're, we're going to recognize you more in just a little bit, but stand up. Would you all welcome Philip's family? So glad you all are here. And uh, it was in December 2012 that Philip and Paula uh, moved uh, to Sumter to become uh, our youth pastor and family, and uh, it was such a joy to welcome them. Philip had just was finishing up, as a matter of fact, with North Greenville University, a Paula, a graduate of North Greenville, and uh, it's been a pleasure to have them as a part of our church family and to watch God's work in their lives, uh, the way they have grown and, and truly have, have brought leadership uh, to to the work of ministry that God has called them to here at First Church. And uh, I just want you all to know how thankful I am that you're a part of our lives, part of my life. Uh, I count you as special friends and, and thankful that God has allowed our paths to, um, to connect. They came as two, and now they are four. Carson and Addie have been added to the family uh, since moving here. Uh, they've also welcomed a beard to the family during those years, and um, we're so glad for all of those additions. But today, um, Reverend Ron Underwood and myself are going to uh, serve together. Ron is 
Paula's dad, Philip's father-in-law. And let me tell you a little bit about Ron. He is director of missions with Kershaw Baptist Association, uh, has served as a Baptist minister for a number of years, uh, and some, many of those years right here in Sumter. He's a retired Air Force chaplain, uh, has uh, 45 years of ministry, and um, most importantly, he is father, and he gives wise counsel to Philip along the way, and uh, you're kind of sandwiched between two preachers that have, been, that have been doing this for a while, and so I'll tell him something, and Ron will tell him something, and, he, and, and he'll say, well, yeah, uh, my father-in-law just told me about that, and, and so uh, it's a privilege to, to be in partnership with Ron uh, as God uh, truly brings Philip along in the calling that God has placed upon his life. And so I'm going to talk to you as our church family, and then Ron's going to talk to Philip and, and uh, is actually going to give the commissioning, the charge to Philip, and then we're going to have a special time of prayer. But I want you to look with me, if you would, to Acts 13, verses 2 and 3, and if Jeff doesn't mind putting that up on the screen, we'll have that for you in just a second, Acts 13, verses 2 and 3. It says, Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And while they were worshiping, while the church was worshiping the Lord and fasting, so they were entered into a time of worship, they had entered into a time of fasting, they were devoted to God, they loved the Lord like we love the Lord. And you can just imagine they were a church family just like we're a church family gathered here. And as they were gathered together, they were just lifting up their souls to the Lord as we've just been involved in in our time of worship. We don't know the songs they were singing, but I'm sure they were lifting hymns of praise to the Lord. And they, they were just enjoying a time of being together in His presence. And as they were together in that spirit of oneness, and as they were fasting, they were saying, God, we, we don't want what we want. We want what you want. And we're hungry for more than what this world has to offer. And so, Lord, we've laid aside some of the things that are a part of our, our earthly sojourn. And, and we are devoting ourselves to the spiritual side of our existence. Man, that's a, that's a precious time for all of us. When we get to the place that we understand we're not just physical human beings, but we are spiritual beings created in the image of God. And when that is awakened within us, it causes us even more to reach toward heaven and say, Lord, I want you and I want what you have for me. And that was the attitude of this church as they were gathered together. I'm not, I, I don't know for sure that when they came into that service, they knew what was going to happen. We knew when we came in here this morning, we were going to have an ordination service uh, recognizing Philip's calling to ministry. But I'm not sure that they had that precursor knowledge. I'm not sure that they knew ahead of time when they came in what was going to happen. But God moved in that service. Oh, and it's a precious thing when God moves. Amen? Oh, you got it. It's a precious thing when He moves. Amen? And God moved in that service. And how do we know that the Lord moved? It says, the Holy Spirit said. And so the Holy Spirit spoke to them, not just one individual, but to the whole gathering of people. He laid in their hearts this knowledge. He said, the Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Set them apart for the work 
I have called them to engage in. Ordination is an opportunity for us to recognize God's call on an individual's life. We didn't call Philip. His family didn't call him. God called him. God put it in his heart while he was making other plans. While he was working hard to become a Marine, God said, no, I've got a different pathway for you to walk. You're not going to enlist as a Marine. You're going to enlist in my army, and you're going to give yourself to what I have for you to do. And I'm thankful to God that a young man who's trying to find his way and, and understand what his pathway is, that he heard that voice. He heard the Holy Spirit say to him, I have set you apart for ministry. I want you to go to North Greenville. I want you to prepare for what I have for you to do in this life. And so the Holy Spirit set Philip apart. And you and I as a, a fellowship have the opportunity to gather around the call of God. Now whether, whether we gather or not, God's called him. And, and if nobody else recognizes that, Philip recognizes that, his family recognizes that, thankfully we recognize that God has placed his hand on this young man to answer the call to make Jesus Christ known in this world. He's devoted his life to knowing Jesus and to making Jesus known. Because that's God's call for him. And so we as a church, today we recognize what God is doing. And we're glad to be a part of this real life drama. Imagine this, just as the church in Antioch gathered around Saul and Barnabas, Saul who would soon be known as Paul, the great apostle, they had the opportunity in that moment when the Spirit moved to gather around them, can you imagine, and laid hands on them to pray that God would send them off with His anointing, with His power, with His knowledge to do what God had for them to do in the world at that time. And we gather around Philip in the same Spirit today. It's amazing to be a part of this. It really is. And I, I can't help whenever we have a time of ordination. A couple of years back, we had the privilege to gather around Harold, who was ordained in the Church of God as well. And, and each time I go back, and I'm sure, Ron, you have, go back to, to our ordination, to that moment when people gathered around us. And, and I remember it was on a Tuesday at a state meeting that the ministers gathered around me. I was 25 years old. And they laid their hands on me, and they prayed that, that God would would go with me and that I would go with God in the calling that he had placed upon my life. And I stand here today as one who's been in ministry for a little over 40 years, and I want to say, Philip, God is always faithful. It is amazing how he always provides, how, how you can be walking into a time uh, of service and you're wondering, do I, you know, do I do this or do I do that? Do I say this or do I say the other? And God always brings his spirit to rest with us and to lead us and to guide us and to give us exactly what we need in that given moment because only He knows the hearts of the people we're ministering to. We don't know that. You can't, you can't learn that in school. You can't study for that in the course of a week. But you walk into a room and God once again proves His call because you know in that moment that you didn't even think to say that, but God gave you that to say. Or you didn't think to do that and God gave you that to do. You didn't think that day you would go visit that person, but God put it in your heart to go visit them, and it proved to be a divine appointment, an ordained moment. And so to ordain you is significant because what we are doing is we are 
humbling ourselves before God and saying together, we recognize that God has called you out, that he has set you apart, that he has reasons for what he's doing. Jeremiah 1.5, I set you apart when you were in your mother's womb. It's amazing. And church, we're a part of that today because the Spirit has brought us to this moment. Brother Ron? Good morning, church. My pleasure to be here on behalf of Paulette and Paula and the Underwood family and to be a part of this wonderful, wonderful experience. A high moment for the Beecham family, a high moment for the Chatterster family, a high moment for the Underwood family. Before I share a verse of scripture and share a few thoughts from that and then offer the charge, I want to tell Philip, Philip and Paul, we're proud of you. We're so very proud of you. Uh, I know, Philip, <clears throat> you come from a very uh, loving family, brother and sister and your mom and, and all, and, and uh, done a wonderful job in raising him. As you said, Sherry, uh, you gave him to the Lord uh, you know, many years ago when, when, when he was born, and, and the Lord took him. And, and is using him in great ways now. Uh, we know uh, that, uh, Philip, you had a dad uh, who made some very terrible choices early in that marriage and basically was not there for you. A lot of folks may not know that, but as a young man, instead of turning to rebellion and drugs and whatever else it was, you turned to the Lord Jesus Christ, folks. There's a great testimony here that God wants to use. Um, and... Uh, you began going to church and, and going to church as you could, and, and you stayed there. You embraced Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And not only that, you accepted his call to ministry. When perhaps you might have had a reason to be mad at God, as some do. Where's dad at? And, uh, and, and all this. And, and, but, but you embraced that ministry. Uh, your mom did the best she could with the two other children. You worked your way through college doing all kinds of things, whether it was running track or or whether it was uh, keeping those kids straight in the dorm, and you did well. You went to college uh, there at North Greenville, but you had to go on a mission trip to meet my daughter. Now, she was there at college, but God was ordaining uh, that, that y'all meet together in the context of serving him, not, not just eating at the, you know, at the cafeteria or sitting together in class. You didn't even know each other until you went on that mission trip. So it was in, in your connecting and being faithful to God that he brought y'all together. Of course, as we know, love and marriage and a baby carriage or two. And so uh, here you are serving the Lord for the last uh, six years. Uh, I could not uh, pat y'all on the back without also mentioning that cancer word uh, and, and all that y'all went through. You've handled it so beautifully, haven't you? well done so far but it's not over with yet let me share some scripture with you and, and a few thoughts from that real quick and then and then the charge in first timothy chapter three god shares his truth uh, about uh, men uh, like yourselves philip who are called into ministry and he speaks impossible words they're impossible because we cannot do it without his help it says, here's a trustworthy saying, if anyone sets his heart on being an overseer, that's, that's a pastor, that's a spiritual leader, 
He desires a noble task. Uh, the desire of your heart is noble. And I can stand before these men and these women today and, 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 and say that we know you. And you're a noble man. You're good and you're a godly man. Now the overseer must be above reproach. The husband of but one wife, and we know that's going to be true, don't we? Temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. Good luck with that, and we know Eddie and uh, Carson with, with proper respect, okay? If anyone does not know, uh, how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a re recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. So there are some, some, some good words from God that, that should guide you as they've guided Pastor Ron and Pastor Ron uh, over, over, over the years. Uh, let me share just right out of this scripture five very quick thoughts. First, I want to challenge you to be a good pastor shepherd, whether it's with the young people or whether it's with the old people, okay? It's a high and a holy honor, Philip, to be called pastor. Okay? Some men forget this. Some men forget their calling to do this. I heard a recent um, report where 50% of the men who go to seminary are out of the ministry within five years. And I know many of my friends that I attended seminary with, that's true of them. What a high calling that you've embraced. Um, continue with that calling. I'll tell you, your work's going to seem routine most of the time because it's going to the hospital, it's studying scripture for Bible study, it's preparing for worship. And then you do the same thing next week. And you visit with folks and you do the same thing next week. And you do the same thing next week. Many times you'll not be recognized. Be diligent and stay faithful. Don't forget that you bear a, a high title, one that our Lord bore. He was the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. You be a good shepherd like him. Never forget the honor of the call. Second, proclaim the gospel faithfully in and out of season. Sometimes do it in sermon form, okay? Because uh, some of the best ways you can do it is, is through your testimony. And you've got a great testimony. I've shared a little bit about that uh, here today. Through your family life, you show the world around you what it's like to be a man of God and a, and a husband of God and a father of God. And, and I know Paula wants to, uh, is right there by your side, to, to show to the world what being married in the Lord Jesus Christ looks like you live out the gospel in your marriage now as you teach and preach the gospel some folks are going to pat you on the back and some aren't going to like it critics are everywhere shake the dust off your feet and move on don't 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 worry about them and i do want to encourage you to beware of the winds of political correctness they're an enemy of the gospel you can say amen church and they're blowing left and right. You never know what's going to be right and wrong according to culture today. You can always know what's right and wrong according to God. And that's all that matters. 
right here. <clears throat> the third thing I want to say to you, if there's ever any doubt in any situation, anyone's life, practice grace. Practice grace. I know Eddie and Carson beg for that, okay? But you know, while sin is serious in God's sight, I mean, it, it took the very blood of his son to cleanse us from sin, okay? Remember, you're a sinner too. And so you practice on them what God has availed uh, to you. Uh, let grace abound according to the apostle. Let grace, if there's any doubt, grace, love, and, and mercy. Never stop being amazed at his grace, okay? Don't lose that childlike uh, amazement that, wow, God loves me. Why would he love me? I don't deserve that. You don't. I don't either. So, so continue with, with, with that amazement. And, and never forget, though, it's not a cheap grace. The cost of that grace, the very blood of God himself. So that's a serious thing as well. A fourth thing I want to share. Work hard and smile as you're doing it, okay? Roll your sleeves up, and I know you are uh, doing it, and you have done that. Uh, and, and, and then wear that smile, you know. Be, be known as a hard worker. Don't be a lazy preacher. Uh, the world has no need for you. There's enough of them. The fields are wide in the harvest. Work for the night's coming because the, the work is out there uh, to be done. God needs some fervent and zealous workers. But as you work, wear that smile, Philip. Laugh a lot. Let the joy of, of his salvation be your strength. You know, when I go into a church and in my ministry over in the Camden area, um, I work with 50 different churches. You know, when I go into a congregation, I enter a lot of churches. Uh, if I see uh, sour saints, all I have to do usually is look right at the pastor because he's not smiling either. He's forgotten the joy of his salvation, okay? So smile and, and laugh a lot. May, may laughter ring from the house of God. And then the last thought I want to share before I um, present you the charge. Never forget the work that you're doing here or wherever God calls you from now on. This is not your church and this is not your ministry as such. Jesus Christ is the head of the church, okay? He purchased the church with his blood. You are to be but his willing worker. Uh, and, you know, you can only do that with, with his guidance and his strength and his inspiration. Find out where he's at work or wants you to work. And the Holy Spirit that, that, that Brother Ron read about earlier, point that out to you and join him in that work. But I'll tell you right now, it requires a lot of time in the prayer closet. A lot of time. And, and I know you, son. You're a doer. You roll your sleeves up and you want to be busy. I understand that spirit. My wife's accused me of the same. There's a lot of hard work that needs to be done. But I want to challenge you to be best at praying. Best at praying. Then go and do. Now it's probably not fair that both your father-in-law and a pastor of 45 years issues to you the charge because this is not going to be uh, you know pie in the sky stuff, okay? 
but I charge you, you know, and uh, I'm the one doing it, and that's the way it is. That's the way ministry is. Get used to it. It doesn't always go your way. Philip Beecham, you're about to be given the mantle of reverend. I charge you most of all, love Jesus with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength above all things. He is worthy of all of your love. And you are the example in the flesh for Jesus, for your people. I've had pastors argue with me about that. Tough. That's the way it is. You're the example. They don't like it. They complain. It's not fair. I'm only human. No, you're only human plus Jesus. And that makes the difference. You be that example of loving him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Showing them what that looks like. I charge you, Philip Beecham, to guard your prayer life and your family life with a fierce jealousy. There's always, I think you're learning that, one more ministry thing to do. One more visit to make. One more call to make. Know when to cut that cell phone off, son. And look your wife and your children in their eyes and spend time with them and spend time uh, with God in prayer. I charge you, Philip Beecham, to keep growing as a disciple of Jesus Christ. North Greenville College was only the beginning, not the end. I've seen too many lazy preachers who just stopped studying. Stay in God's Word. Study, study, study. I have found in my own life probably the best time to do that are early mornings. Kids are still sleeping. Coffee tastes nice, okay? You hear what I'm saying? I mean, come on. And you know this, and I've heard this from you. You go hunting and fishing early. Don't complain about getting up early and spending with God. And, and you don't. Okay? Uh, and for you personally, uh, as you study and continue to grow as a disciple, I wish for you and pray for you and, and our support we give to you for seminary. I know you've talked about that, and the children are young, and, and, and I know polishing yourself in that arena is out there in the future for you somewhere, but we're going to support you there. Keep growing in the Lord. I charge you, Philip, to strive unceasingly to be a good, strong, spiritual leader. Never be self-satisfied. Now, while you may be reading books on theology and, and, and fishing and deer hunting, okay, read some on being a leader to leadership. There's some really good leaders out there in, the, in Christendom today. Strive to be the strongest leader that, that you uh, can, can be. I've got a few books I'll loan you on that one, okay? I charge you, Philip, to use your one mouth and your two ears. Think about that. Surround yourself as uh, the psalmist and, and the writer of Proverbs also spoke with competent counselors, advisors. Uh, and, uh, the ministry is no place for lone rangers. You're together with a good pastor and Harold and a team here. Uh, there'll be other brothers and sisters down the road as God calls you to other places if he ever does. 
I charge you, Philip, as you surround yourself with counselors, God's always provided, already provided you a great one sitting by your side. Listen to your wife well. Richard Blackaby, one of the outstanding revitalist leaders here in our country today, says oftentimes the voice of God sounds just like his wife. I think you'll find that she's your best advisor. And she happens to be the uh, daughter of a pastor and a godly praying woman. I can uh, attest that her parents have taught her well. You've got a great blessing from God sitting by your side, we believe. I charge you, Philip, to guard your heart against worldly stuff like recognition, titles, possessions. Yet at the same time, as you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, God's going to add things to your life. Have a hobby or two. Enjoy and laugh. I guard you, rather I charge you, Philip, to keep your thought life in check. This is a really big one too. I've seen the best of godly men fall to moral failure. It always begins in the thought life, men. You know that, and I do too. It doesn't just happen. You've been thinking about it before it happens. I charge you, Philip, to beware of pride. You know, according to your people, your Bible study or your sermon that you just taught or preached is great. No, it's not. I know that, okay? Nor is mine. Now, while you're probably not the next Billy Graham, okay, I can attest that you do have a great personality. You have some wonderful uh, strengths, and you've got some great spiritual gifts that God's given to you, okay? Use them well. I charge you to maintain a, an, an humble servant mindset just like Jesus did. Be a willing servant, your motto whatever it takes to serve the church and the Lord. Yet I want to also remind you, know when to say no because there's always uh, something more to do and wife and children beckon. I charge you, beware of bitterness as I wind down here, just a, one or two more. Beware of bitterness because you see the church is not perfect. You saw the computer today. There's always going to be something, somebody, isn't there? Always going to be a critic, always going to be a complaint. There's always going to be someone pointing the fingers. Love Christ's church no matter what. Love it and serve it well. He did. Love the church universal as well. Reach out your right hand of fellowship to your fellow pastors, not just within your denomination, but, but love on us Baptists too, okay? And, and saints that are not of your denomination or of your own race, okay? Uh, or, or even of your own theology. There is a band of brothers and sisters together that's called the church. And then finally, I charge you, I know you love your cell phone, but I charge you to buy a daytimer, okay? So you can set aside and guard your time with your marriage and your family because you see it's a divine appointment because God uh, has given to you that bride and those children now I say this at the end of my charge not because it's the last thing on the list to do but because of what God's word said earlier 
If you cannot lead your family, you don't need to be leading the church. It really begins there. You're not worthy of the mantle, Reverend. I charge you finally, as you're presented an ordination certificate, to place it in a conspicuous location to remind you of the holy vows that you're taking this day. After 45 years of ministry, I can tell you there's Mondays after you've been with the people on Sunday. There's Mondays when you say to the Lord, thank you, Lord. I've never been worthy. I don't understand how you've used me and why you could use me and why you would bless me so much in being a pastor and a minister. But there's also been some Mondays when I said, why, Lord, why me? And there will be those kinds of days for you. I charge you with great and, and mighty and, uh, and, and high things today, my son. Uh, I know you'll, find, uh, you'll be found faithful with, with your strength and in your strength and with the help that God's given you as a, as a family and, and as a church family. Um, uh, I know uh, you'll be able to aspire to all of these things. We'll be praying for you. We'll be loving you. We'll be supporting you. And I know that um, the pastor's desk of your father-in-law will always be a place for you to sit down and talk. Let's go ahead and have the family to come up if we can. Pastor Ron. A certificate of ordination. This is to certify that Reverend Philip Beecham, having given satisfactory indication of divine call and necessary qualifications for the Christian ministry, is hereby formally recognized by ordination as a minister of the Church of God with general offices in Anderson, Indiana. This ordination bestowed by South Carolina Unified Credentials Committee. Congratulations. Now Philip's going to take a second to uh, introduce these family members. We'll start down here with my parents. This is Mark and Sherry, my sister Danielle, my grandmother Nona, <laughs> and y'all know my wife Paula, my mother-in-law Paulette, and my father-in-law y'all just heard from, Ron. Wonderful family. I'm going to ask our staff to come forward. Ooh, I thank the Lord for this team. They're wonderful, wonderful co-workers, and, um, and I'm so thankful that God has given all of us the opportunity to work together. It's a, it's a blessing. Church family, would you come and to the front? Just everybody, come on. We're going to have a big family time. They were worshiping the Lord and fasting, and the Holy Spirit spoke to them and said, Set apart Philip. For the ministry and they laid hands on Philip and they prayed for him that God's presence and anointing would be upon his life y'all come on and fill this in in here come on and they went from that place in the power of the Holy Spirit to make known Jesus Christ in all the world let's pray
We are humbled, Lord, as we stand here together. It hasn't been that many years ago we didn't even know each other. But Lord, you, you brought our paths to intersect. And day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, Lord, you've been growing Philip, but more than that, you've been growing all of us in the context of your call upon his life. And Lord, we're not just co-workers together in this ministry. We are brothers and sisters. We are family together in what you are doing in these days. We set Philip and Paula apart for your calling, Lord. We recognize that you have brought them to yourself for this very work. It's your doing. And all we can do is humbly come together in your presence and recognize what you have done, what you are doing, and what you're going to do because it's your plan. Lord, I pray that you would help Philip and Paula to continue to grow in their knowledge of you, in their love for you, and I pray that you would make them a powerful witness to who you are in this world where they live. Thank you for what you have been doing, but Lord, thank you for what you're going to do because you have set them apart unto yourself. We commission them in your name, and we thank you that you've allowed us to be a part of their story. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's sing. While we're getting ready for that, you have anything you want to say? I just want to say thank you to such a wonderful church family for your support over the past six years. Um, I'm looking forward to many, many more years. The team that the Lord has surrounded me with, between youth leaders and the staff here at the church, you guys are fantastic. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow.
serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will find. 